Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a, another version, a special version, an unprecedented version of Bill Roden on sports. Uh, Bill Roden here, uh, joining you from, uh, well, I'm actually in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, trying to escape, trying to go as far west as I can. <laughs> reach, the, reach the ocean. <laughs> they say you go west and, and like to like South America to try to outrun the virus. You know, uh, but anyway, uh, here with, uh, you know, all my co-hosts, great co-hosts, uh, holding it down. Uh, we got uh, Jamal in Brooklyn. Jamal, what's up? What's up, Bill? What's up, everybody? Uh, you know, I'm in, I'm in the house, self-quarantining, doing what I got to do, <laughs> trying, to, trying to do my part to protect the nation. <laughs> and they're doing your civic duty. And doing my civic duty. Yeah, I'm here scooped up with the fam. So, you know, uh, besides that, it's all good. And, and you're homeschooling, right? Homeschooling, all that, you know. I'm like, five-year-olds, uh, you know, they're learning a little bit here. Yeah. And then, of course, in Harlem, USA, got our erstwhile producer, Aaron Matthewson. Aaron, sweet wine Matthewson. What's going on, Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> you, found, you, found, you found a nickname, okay. I know, I know, right? Um, I'm good. I'm I'm also self quarantining uh, or self isolating, social distancing. Uh, I have no 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 children, but you know I've been definitely listening to all the you know watching people on Facebook and Instagram share their their woes and also all know how much fun they're having. <laughs> and uh, then join us from uh, I guess the village is uh, the great Steve Wilson. Steve, what's going on? Hey everybody! Good to be with you, and uh, even under the circumstances, but uh, good to be here and uh, talking through some things. And likewise, I'm uh, just uh, hanging in the crib most of the time, except for uh, you know getting some necessities when I need them. But basically inside, so um, just trying to deal with it. Yeah, I, I like you know what, what what does that mean? I mean, let's. I like to hear from all of you. You know, we could also what. How have we been dealing with, how have each of you been dealing with this uh, since, I guess, last week, last Tuesday, last Wednesday, I guess, uh, with sort of ground zero when, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when, when, you know, sort of when the NBA pulled the plug and that seemed to be the domino effect, you know, uh, that, that, but how have you guys been dealing with it? Uh, you know, Aaron, when you say self-quarantine, and I'd like to hear each of your definition what do you call quarantine? Does that mean never going out, not going out? What's what 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 you've been doing? What self quarantine mean? I'm actually looking up. I, I feel like quarantine is the wrong word. I think you have to use that when you're actually you're potentially infected, right? So I'm, um, yeah, no, I have not been exposed to an infectious or contagious disease as far as I know. So I guess I'm just self isolating, um, which uh, I've just been in my apartment like the majority of the day and I'll go running and let me tell you there are a lot of people running I'm like this is this is, and I you pass people I'm like this we're not six feet away from each other um <laughs> but 
yeah, just kind of working. Um, I live with two other people, um, my boyfriend and his aunt, and so we're all trying to, you know, not step on each other's toes. Um, and then my sister is here. She lives on the uh, Upper East Side, and so I'm going to go visit her as well because she's she's kind of lonely, and I think she got, she's freaking out a little bit. So, but I mean, when you go running at Central Park like that, you know, everybody's running. Probably don't, are people out there probably walking their dogs too, right? Yeah, people walking their dogs. Their kids are out on their scooters. I mean, I was. Wait, so what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like we're just not at the bars or anything. But yeah. I mean, I guess I don't know if it's being an open air place is better or something. Yeah, but like the track was packed. Um, and it, I, you know, usually I go at a time of day where there's no one out, and I just have to go in the evening, and that's the, the wrong time to go if you're trying to avoid people. Yeah, I think I think that's the key. You got to go when when there are less people out. I think um, people running around, running at the same time in, you know, packed in parks and playgrounds. I think that's defeating the purpose. Um, I saw some stuff. Uh, I was just watching. <laughs> yeah, I was just watching CNN and they were showing video of, of people on the West Coast in the Bay Area, you know, jogging and it was like packed. Um, and then, and of course, the doctors on there are saying, wow. well, yeah, that's not exactly what we want. Um, you know, maybe it's a little better that you're out in open air, but you know, that that's that seems like the same as like a baseball game or something. If you're the, if there are that many people around, you're probably doing the wrong thing. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, so what have you been doing, Jamal? <laughs> How have you been? Well, yeah. Been, quarantine by self isolating. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, for me, I, I actually, I'm treating it like I'm self quarantining because um, up until, you know, Wednesday night and Aaron was there too. We were both at Madison square garden um, for the biggies tournament. Yep. Um, you know, I, I was, time. yeah, up until, I guess. Don't the, let her back in again. Exactly. Up until, up until <laughs> Thursday, you know, I had been taking the subways, uh, and then I was in my office with like about 10 to 20 people in a, in, in a large conference room. And I'm like, wow, if I'm, you know, I, I'd be surprised if I didn't, uh, contract something. So I'm kind of treating it as a quarantine, um, you know, acting as if, as if I have it, you know, that's what they say people should do. Act as if you have it um, to protect others mm-hmm. um, regardless. So I'm mm-hmm. doing that. I've been in the house, uh, the entire f- family, my wife, two young kids been in the house and we've been like, we've been taking, we just took a walk. Um, so we've been taking like one walk a day around, you know, a couple blocks around the neighborhood. Um, and it's funny, like when people walk by you, you're a little like, <laughs> you know, you're like, you move a little further to the side than you ever did before. It's it's wild, you know. So, um, yeah. So, you know, we've basically been, you know, cooped up in the house and uh, and trying to make the best of it. Um, and then like and then like Steve said, uh, going out for, you know, essentials. Uh, you know, I've been to the grocery, you know, been to the grocery store. You know, last time, I think over the weekend, I was at the grocery store and it was packed in there. I'm like, what am I doing? You know, obviously, I picked the wrong time to do this. <laughs> so it's hard. It's hard to navigate. See, like, I'm curious from you, you know, how you sell life. But your, your business is unique because you're an educator, but you're also a musician. And so you're, you know, yeah. uh, you're a performance art, and which relies on artists. Kind of like, like athletes. What's that been like since from well, last let's say Tuesday, Wednesday, what's, what's your life been like? Well, man, it's been really interesting because um, I was at, at school at City College where I teach, 
uh, and I directed jazz program. So we basically got the word that we were shutting down last Wednesday. So um, in the meantime, I had uh, my band that was playing at Birdland Thursday through Saturday. Um, so school finished up. I mean, in terms of you know going to campus, but we were trans- we've been transitioning to online classes. So I've been very busy at home dealing with that by email and and also you know emailing directors to students and staff back and forth. Um, I still have more to do tonight, actually. But but Thursday through Saturday, um, you know the clubs were still open. Um, of course, Broadway has shut down, and and Birdland is located you know, near Times Square. Right. So, so we did play um, Thursday through Saturday. We finished the engagement and people actually did come. But of course, the transition was happening. So I did take the subway to work uh, each night. But there wow. were very few people, very few people on the subways. Um, so, you know, Friday and Saturday particularly, there were, I think, when I got my subway car, it was maybe like, you know, four or five people. And then Saturday was like maybe two people. So, so in a way, I felt kind of safe. Because <laughs> there weren't many right. people in the car. Just the regular. You know, yeah. And and, and uh, for any of us who've been in the subway in the last week, I said, well, one good thing that is coming out of this, this virus is that our subways are cleaner than they have ever been, I think, since the day they opened back in the 1800s. <laughs> so, yeah, I was wondering, you know, we're all trying to figure out uh, what life is going to be like, uh, you know, when we come back, when and if we come back. But I was thinking, Steve, um, and I, you know, so I wonder what happens. I mean, how can musicians, um, what am I trying to say? I wonder if we're going to be moving to a, a sort of a virtual performances. For example, uh, I was in uh, Kansas City last week, last mm-hmm. Wednesday, uh, mm-hmm. and I was I had an event at the Norman Atkins uh, Art Museum on Thursday, and just so I was the Big 12 tournament started Wednesday, and I know Jamal, mm-hmm. you and Aaron were in New York at Madison Square Garden, and I was at the, the arena. So Wednesday were games, and uh, I was talking to Bob Bowlesby, the commissioner of the Big 12, and he, they just announced that well. Wednesday is too late, so we're going to have games Wednesday. But Thursday, we're going to begin uh, a fanless arenas where there'll be athletes, but only their close friends and family, like 125 people or something like that. And so I was really eager to see what that looked like, you know, uh, because what it told me is that basically fans were expendable. We no, we no longer need fans. Because he said we we we're getting our money from TV, you know, sponsors. We don't really need fans. I mean, he didn't say it that way, but that's the thing is, you know. And so they were really seriously going to do that. And I think uh, the Keys, everybody's going to say, okay, cool. <laughs> we got this TV money, so to fulfill our obligation, we're going to have uh, fanless arenas. And of course, uh, he came. You know, he finished. Talking, he came to me about ten minutes later. He said, man, the NBA just suspended. The season, so I was shocked. But my point, or my question, I guess, is I'm intrigued by this whole idea of uh, fanless arenas or uh, audienceless performances. So let's say that you know you're at Birdland, 
Mm-hmm. And let's say that you guys, the, the promoter calls, the owner calls you and says, listen, see, call in. You know, uh, come on in. Uh, we're going to have like 25 people there, you know, special list of 25 people. But uh, online, people can now, like pay-per-view, people are going to pay like $50 ahead mm-hmm. to tune in, mm-hmm. to Zoom in or Skype in to see you guys mm-hmm. perform. So you could be people yeah. all around the globe, <laughs> you know, who yeah. could be tuning yeah. in, but it'll just be 20 people, special people at Birdland, uh, 20 people mm-hmm. at the Vanguard, or 20 people at the Standard. But, mm-hmm. you know, people will pay their $50 or 60 or 70 to be at home and, you know, have stuff hooked up to their sound system and check it out. Right. Then is that possible? I mean, it's kind of like it's sort of like a virtual stuff, and I'm sure we've there's been some version of it. How would you feel about that? Well, well, Bill, fancy you would mention it because it already exists. Um, mm. That format is already in place at Small's Jazz Club, mm. and it has been in place for several years now. And of course, uh, anyone who's been to Small's, which is on 10th Street and 7th Avenue, they can only fit about you know, 50 or 60 people in there anyway. I mean, that's if you really pack them in. So Mm -hmm. what the owner, Spike, uh, what Spike Wilner started doing a few years ago, he started selling um, uh, memberships online. And so now every night at at Smalls, which is seven nights a week, and they start, the music starts at uh, seven in the evening. It goes until three or four in the morning with three or four different bands. If you, depending on the level of your membership, you can watch the live streaming every mm. night. You know, any group, you can watch it nonstop, or you can watch just one group. You can watch one set. You can it's a la carte, whatever you want to do. Wow. Uh, I think, I think it also is available if you want to just see one set of one group. You can buy the package for that, or if you want to buy like a one year membership, you can get a package for that. So it's already here and. Uh, and Lincoln Center also has that available, where they live stream some of the, the concerts without a membership. You can you can just go onto the website and you can watch some of the streaming. Uh, but I think that there'll be a lot more of that uh, going forward because this technology is here, and um, and it certainly will probably be more economical for some venues to do that. Uh, uh, so I, I see only more of it going forward. How does it feel? Another way, I guess the only difference would be if this band holds up instead of 60 people cramming there, let's say they say, you know, they're doing these limits of 20. So instead of being 60, you know, you'd have like 20. And maybe it'd be a real special thing for you to be one of those 20, you know, that you pay a premium. So you would be there. Um, Mm -hmm. Does, is, is, could that be a, a financial model? I'm wondering, Aaron, do you think they could also, we could expand that to the sports arena where instead of playing in these cavernous stadiums of 80, 90 people, I mean, 1,000 people, you basically have these contests in studios. <laughs> you know, you could have like, yeah. you know, in studios and with technology, you could put all the bells and whistles and propping and, and sound and they say they make these uh, virtual reality uh, headsets that you could put on, and you could act like you right there. But Steve, so what, what do you guys think about? That? I mean, does, 
does that is that a, a, a viable economic model if you if the musicians are still being paid? If you know, and particularly if you got sponsors now who are right. you know who say, yeah, we'll we'll sponsor this. Yeah, well, I I think it it will happen on some level, definitely. I will. I mean, it'll take some thought in terms of making it uh, viable financially for everybody, but I think it will happen. I'd like to hear Aaron's, uh, you know, point of view on the sport. So what does she think and and how it can work there? Wow. I I, I mean, yes. I feel like any way, once once you kind of get into, once you figure out what's the new normal, and if that's going to be the new normal, of course they're going to monetize it. But, you know, mm-hmm. I wonder, you know, I think about the way people have tried and failed to monetize journalism. Like, I know we now have, like, a paywall for certain um, news sites where you can get a certain amount of things free, but if you want more stuff, you have to pay for it. I imagine that's probably going to happen because you can't, I mm-hmm. can't, I imagine there are just some people who just can't, they won't be able to afford, everybody can't buy a package, I think. Um, right. Right. I wonder, I wonder, you know, what are we talking about? Are we, are we saying that is the hypothetical that you know, we want to get rid of crowds that we've learned that after this, we've learned that, you know, pretty much crowds are a bad thing health wise. Um, and they're expendable. And Fans are expendable. But OK, but I mean, it's still it's you know, it's still an extra um, source of source of revenue because we know we can get get fans and a lot of them to come to these games. I mean. You know, you look at college football and the NFL, and people. You know, people college football they they'll pack sixty thousand. But, but, hey, but who benefits from that? Who 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 benefits from that? It's just the small vendors, right? The parking guy, the peanut guy, the popcorn guy. Them and the, the state, the, the stadium too, the, too. And I, but I was also thinking about this. Like, okay, I was like, I was thinking to myself, um, you know, after about three or four days of this uh, isolation, and there's no sports on TV. <laughs> right so i'm 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 trying to watch all kind of different stuff on netflix and whatever and i'm like man i'm like wow i really wish they were playing uh with no with no um you know no 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 people in the stands at least we have something to watch but then i thought about it you know just like people are still going out um still jogging in groups still uh you know just yesterday florida's beaches were packed if there were games going on even if they had no fans People would be going to bars, you know, if, if the bars were open, people would still be finding a way to congregate because of the sport. Like, you know, listen, if if they were still playing NCAA tournament games right now, people would be at each other's house cheering at the television. So it would still be detrimental. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right. so, so it yeah, was right, like right, absolutely right. essential, really, when you think about it, for the for the sports leagues to shut everything down because they really are helping in terms of, uh, in term, you know, because sports is such a big deal in the society. So, so, so I have a question, you know, Aaron, I mean, to me, I was just having this conversation with somebody at the hotel. Uh, and, uh, you know, when, even when this comes, even when this comes uh, back, you know, even when this comes back, will it be the same? Because remember, two weeks ago, you know, two weeks ago, we were, you know, at Madison Square Garden. We were at plays and concerts, sitting side by side, standing in line, you know, in, you know, in, in clubs and 
you know, theaters and all that kind of stuff, you know, uh, not really thinking about uh, people who may have had the flu or had what, who knows what kind of contagious disease. We didn't care. Right. We were oblivious to it. Right. Now, when we come back, are we going to even trust it? I mean, like you said, Jamal, you walk around the corner and when somebody comes <laughs> close, you kind of like moving out the way. Right. So right. are we going to have a different level of either distrust or caution? You know, yeah. when we go to the clubs, when we go to the theater, we go, I mean, are we going to really feel as um, uh, trusting, Safe. what's the word, Safe. you know, as, as we were before? Or carefree. No, I, I agree with you. I think Carefree, I, yeah. yeah. I think it's going to change to that extent. I think people will, be, will think differently. I, you know, I've washed my hands so much, so much recently. I'm like, why didn't I do this before? <laughs> you know, what was I, what was I thinking? <laughs> right. So, so right. to some ex- to some extent, I will keep the same behavior and and think about it more. But also at the same day, the same thing. We're having trouble as a country getting people, especially younger people, to to actually go through with this social distancing because people do mm-hmm. like crowds and they like to be together. So I don't think it's it's gonna you know, I don't think the crowds will disappear. I don't think I don't think crowds for games will disappear because the society will demand it. They want to be as close to the action as they can. Now one area I think I would not be surprised at all stays the same is when we come back, um, you know, the the whole social distancing as far as the locker room is concerned. I would I would not be surprised at all if that never changes, if 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 reporters are never allowed to get back into the locker room, because, you know, the players never wanted that oh, anyway. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's kind of like, you know, they yeah. once you change the rules, kind of, you know, you, you can get used to that. And it kind of, and after a while, becomes the norm, and especially in that in that case, because I think the players would rather that, and even some journalists, you know, you know, we we've all talked about the locker room in itself being a little, you know, being being a little a weird a weird scene a weird situation. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if 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 reporters or you know non players are are not allowed in locker rooms from here on. Yeah, I've never been a big locker room guy. I mean. I've never liked that. In fact, I, I, you know, that's one of the good things that came out of this. I know a lot of guys are, oh, we got to get in the locker room. That's where we get our stories. I'm like, you know, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. You know. Yeah, I, I have a question about that because you, you guys have been, uh, you know, doing this for a long time. I mean, what? so what? what is it about this, the, the locker room setting that makes it, more informative or supposedly more informative than if you waited for an athlete to come out of the locker room or, you know, go to the podium in the press room. What, so what is it? Is it, what was is it? I mean, I understand they, okay, it's maybe it's more informal. Maybe they think the athlete will speak more off the cuff. I don't know. You, I, I'm wondering, you guys tell me what, what is it that makes the locker room so special? Well, for me, Jamal, you want to, you want to talk about that, what your experience has been? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think there's subtle differences. I think, uh, you know, if if you're sh- like sh- a shrewd reporter, can get in the locker room and and you know find a player who's not even being surrounded and have like off the cuff right. conversations. Um, you know, they wouldn't bring everybody mm-hmm. to the podium. Um, you know, during the playoffs, they try to run it like that where they bring guys out to the podium for the press conference. Um, but there's still locker room access because if you want to talk to somebody else or um, you want to have off the record conversations and that kind of thing. But 
it, it the locker room has always struck me as you know like a you know like the meat market or even you know i mean it's just you go in there and these guys you, you know there's a you know all black you know, most of the time black athletes minority athletes in there getting dressed you have all these white reporters hounding around them not even letting them not even waiting for them to get dressed they're they're trying to you know slip their slip their uh pants on you know with a towel, you know, just a towel. And it doesn't matter who you are. Like, so, like, I remember being in the Jets locker room and, and they're doing that, or the Jets game, and they're doing that to Tom Brady. I'm like, this is the most famous football player, and he has this little skinny locker, and he has to get dressed in front of everybody. I'm like, what is going on? You know, so. But yet, and, 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 yeah, and, and yet, when you go to the WNBA with women, it's totally different. Mm. You know, you're not, yeah. you're not allowed in that locker room until everybody's dressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everybody's fully closed. You know, it's, it's a totally human type of thing, you know, uh, to bring right. people out. Right. You know, uh, uh, the, the, the men are like kind of like heathens, and right. you're right, like a peep show, right. you know. Well, so, yeah, yeah, because it, it just, I mean, on its face, it just seems to me like an invasion of privacy. It's like, well, look, can't you let, isn't there like a buffer? And well, look, we'll let, the person after 30 minutes because these guys have to get showered and changed. Right. You know, I mean, there's, so there's no, really no buffers on, right? Yeah, I agree. I, I, no, I, I always and, thought and, it was an intentional, intentional invasion of privacy, almost like putting you in your place. Like, like you are the entertainer. Um, we, now we come in and whether you like it or not, you got to ask questions and we don't, you know, I've always, it just has that feel to it. Even being, even being a reporter in there, you know, you sometimes you're in there and you're like, what am I, you know, why am I, Standing right behind this half-naked guy, like this is this is crazy. Yeah, then you know, it, and it's you know, I mean, listen, in the heat of the moment, big game, you know, game seven, you know, uh, or or the quarterback who throws the uh, interception, or the the pitcher who gets knocked out in the first inning, and you know, particularly in baseball clubhouse, because the baseball writers, I think, are worst of all. They think it's like they're right, like they're holy, they're grail to be in the clubhouse, you know, and, you know, all of a sudden the the person, the pitcher who gives up the run or makes the blunder or whatever comes and all the reporters run over and run over each other. And you got the cameraman kind of nudging you to the side. And it's like, it's it's fucking about Barry, (laughs) you know, Uh, and, You know, and I'm like thinking a lot of times you're in this man, people pressing behind you and right. you got your you got your fucking microphone or your recorder <laughs> stretching and <laughs> I'm thinking, man, what the hell are you doing doing this shit? You know. And uh, so yeah, I think that if one good thing comes out of that, it's ending that. <laughs> you know. And I think there are plenty of ways. If you if people trust you enough, you'll you listen, you'll find a way. Right. You'll find a way to kind of call somebody or, hey, man, can I catch you outside? Something. Right. If you really need something. Or maybe after practice. Right. You know, maybe, you know, because they still practice. Maybe you go to a practice session. Right. And right. after practice, right. you'll talk. There's another way. But I just think if anything good comes out of Corona, <laughs> we can say, you know, <laughs> thank God you're closing the damn, you know, kicking us out the damn locker room. Right. Um, yeah, because it, it, I mean, it seems like to me, it, it seems like you just described, though, it seems like a mosh pit. And, uh, yeah. 
you know, I mean, I mean, I, that is, you know, give them the same respect that like the women athletes have, you know, let them, yeah, because, you know, let them get dressed and let them get themselves together again and say, okay. And then everybody understands what that buffer zone is. You know, it seems like the athletes would be more willing to speak to the reporters that, you know, that know they can, man, let me, because I know after I perform, I'm glad to come out and meet and greet people. And I, I'm a people person, but, you know, I'm not going to just jump down off the stage. <laughs> right. I don't want people coming right to my dressing room. It's like, man, let me put my horn in the case, please. Right. Let right. me just sit down and wipe the sweat off my brow. And I'll be happy to talk to you, but give me a few minutes, you know, so. I don't know, it just seems to me, but I understand that's, that's culture and that's history and it goes with the territory. And, and we, I think, it just to, to just not belabor it, but, you know, a lot of times people, European girls say, damn, y'all have that kind of access? You know? Mm. Uh, <laughs> wow. Because it's, it's definitely not like that. They're where everything is controlled. And I guess, I think that fits into our whole thing now, like what, what you were saying, Aaron, of you know, go run in the park and we're in the middle of a pandemic and people walking their dogs and, you know, and jogging or, or, you know, the grocery store and stuff like that. You know, uh, I guess it's our sense of entitlement or maybe our sense of just freedom. And there's a part of me that I don't want to lose that. You know, I mean, this whole quarantine right. thing, I'm like, man, I, I would hate for this to become the norm. Right. You know, where they've got... Right. I mean, I feel like as, as so I'll, I've never interviewed anybody in a locker room, but I hope so. Like it, it does feel like um, I think somebody else already said uh, it's like a rite of passage. I feel like it's it, like you're a real reporter now. You've been to a locker room, um, but also I, I've definitely heard people uh, be concerned that you know once you take stuff away from journalists, they're not going to give it back. Um, at least right, this before I think the last time I heard talk about this was when they were only going to limit it to you know limiting media access and now now you know everything's been suspended so there's been the talk about that has really dwindled but um we mm -hmm. i've heard they they did say they were going to give it back but you know i think everything's so fluid you never know well we're just trying to get back i mean right everybody is saying oh we'll be back or that you know and also you could i don't know how you guys feel and you can imagine I mean, like, when, when it does come back i don't know right when it does come back I would assume it's going to come back slowly. So, you know, it might come back without fans at first and it might be a gradual return. That's the way I would envision it. And I think that's the way I've heard that, you know, uh, Silver talk about it for the for the NBA, talk about a gradual, you know, and not that they know exactly what's going to happen, but envisioning a gradual comeback where you might start games without fans, like, you know, whether it's June or July or whatever. Um, so I think it's going to be, yeah. so uh -huh. we're going to probably see how this stuff works. I don't think we're just going to jump back in, in the summer sometime and just say, okay, we're done. All the fans can come back. I think it'll be, <laughs> it'll be a slow process. Do you, Jamal, and Aaron, and do you guys think the Olympics should be canceled? Yes. Yeah. What the, the, the Olympics scheduled for August or July? July to August. Well, the, the projection at this point is that um, this thing, at least in the United States, will go through July and August. So I, I don't see how they can not cancel it or postpone it. Um, you know, because let's say that, like Japan right now and Korea, they've been more aggressive in dealing with it. They've been better equipped to deal with this. So let's say even if uh, in July, August, that 
they present zero cases. Okay, it probably won't happen. Let's just say for you know scenario. Well, chances are that none of the other countries are going to have. You know, we're not going to be free of uh, dealing with this. So I don't see how they can. I don't see how it can happen. I really don't. I really don't. I'm sure I to say, but I don't see how it can happen. Not in you know in terms of protecting everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just have a question, but I think we should take a break. And when we come back, I, I, I want to talk about this whole thing with Tom Brady and and all these, you know, Cam Newton and all this stuff. But I just want to ask you guys a grocery store question. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I'm here. I just want to say I think it's probably going to be canceled, and I'm so sad about that. I just feel like if the Olympics were were able to happen, that would mean that we've we've gotten some level of, of normalcy, quote unquote. And mm -hmm. it's just, I think if we cancel, it's like just another sign that this thing is just big. Um, and also it's sad because like, I hope it is postponed till maybe the next year. I know there's a lot of events that have been postponed um, because, you know, it's four years is a long time to have to train again and be at the top of your game yeah. and make the team. Like, you know, when, yeah. when the 1980 Olympics didn't happen, you lost a lot of people. Um, right. So I hope they can, we can, at least in another year, together. Maybe they could do a 1981. I mean, I mean, 2021 Olympics. You know, just say, yeah. listen, this was, listen, this was the whole world. This was different. You know, so yeah. in recognition yeah. of that, we're going to do 20. You know, we're right. going to do trials. We're just going to recalibrate everything. So yeah. right. everybody I mean, work hard. You know, we're going to do a 2021 Olympics. I'm sorry, they're just saying they've already started running the torch and um, hmm. it's in places like it started in Fukushima and I think there's even questions about how much radiation is still coming from there. <laughs> exactly. Don't get, so I think the, it's, it's all just problematic. They better, they better wipe well, down their torch. The torch will get stopped. Yeah, they better wipe down their torch with the uh, with sanitizer. <laughs> what happens is the torch runner looks like have, have, have the virus, you know. Exactly. Bring the torch fucking village yeah. to village. Yeah, no, nah, that torch, too many hands are touching that torch. I'm not messing with that. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, but I mean, I, I don't know. And then, listen, and maybe for next next uh, next week, I'd like to get somebody who was on that 1980 U.S. team mm. um, to talk about, how, you know, just how it felt. Right. You know, I mean, but, you know, you know look at all the, the, the high school kids who are in state tournaments or the, you know, people who are looking forward to going to March. I mean, you know, there is disappointment. Oh, yeah. You know, there's a lot of disappointment. And I guess at one level, you know, disappointment is a part of life. Right. You know, um, things don't always go as, as you plan. But I wanted to ask you something. Aaron, what's, when you guys go to the grocery stores, are the shelves like stocked or I've just been stunned by here in Phoenix, we go to like the grocery store and certain things are just like gone. I mean, the shelves <laughs> are empty, like, you know, beans and rice gone, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, I mean, the certain things just gone. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that too. Um, a lot of like dry goods, pasta, beans, rice, uh, and of course, you know, the run on the toilet paper and paper towels. Um, right. Which thankfully I'm able to get at my dollar store around the corner. But, uh, right. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of things I have seen in stock that those things like that you just mentioned, water also, right. bottled water. 
you know, it's like it's like the apocalypse or something, man. You know, right, right. Yeah, the toilet paper, right. toilet paper is completely gone at at you know when I'm at the grocery store. Uh, like you said, water. You know, I don't really, you know, I don't get the toilet paper thing. I mean, I mean. Yeah, I don't get. I mean, I mean and all, say, all of it think, really. You're allowed to go to the grocery store. Like they're only closing non-essential thing. You know, non-essential uh, uh, shops and stuff like that. And the grocery store is essential. So I don't understand. You know, people. I don't know what it is about toilet paper. People feel like they gotta have it. <laughs> yeah. I heard I'm though. At the store. I, I heard that they are limiting. Yeah, go ahead, go I heard they are limiting now. Like some stores are limiting. Like you know, hand. Like another thing, hand sanitizer was running. Was a uh, Running out, and so now stores are limiting right. two per person or something like that, which is good. Yeah, if they could ever yeah. restock it, I was, you know, uh, I was at the store the other day, and you know, I was, you know, I wanted to get a couple, you know, I was gonna make some chili, and uh, I wanted to get some beans, and this one behind me, <laughs> you know, she and her, I don't know, they they cleared out the beans. <laughs> I mean, they they got like, like, they got like the like you know the beans like in boxes, right. They were like taking boxes or something. And so, <laughs> I said, excuse me, uh, can I just have two cans, please? <laughs> Did they say yes? Right, right. And they reluctantly, they reluctantly gave me my two cans, you know. But Wow. It just shows, I guess, human nature. And I was thinking how far we have to go as human beings to get to this point of... You know where you really have this caring for each other. Maybe that's—I don't know how you guys feel. Everybody's been stir crazy and and all that. It, has it increased your gratitude or your understanding or appreciation for your fellow human beings? Or just you know how much we need each other? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean, look, I I think it's it's events like these that that show who we are as a civilization and as a society. Uh, and I, I mean, down to the individual, too, because, you know, I was thinking over the last few days, I said, you know, I mean, we, we think of how we've evolved, uh, how humankind has evolved, how we've, the technology and uh, the, the uh, economic powers we become. And now it takes a virus to show just how fragile this stuff all is, man. Right. It can take us down and like like that. It reminds me of the uh, the Avengers Endgame. You know, one snap right. at the gauntlet, and we can all turn to dust. You know, <laughs> and we're powerless over that, man. So, so I think really we all need to reflect on that, man, because we really are a very fragile ecosystem. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, yeah, it just shows you, I mean, you yeah. know, you don't have everything in your control, uh, you know, stuff like this. Right. I, you know, I think we, a lot of, and that's the problem, I think, with with where we are now um, as a country in terms of dealing with this, we kind of, you know, we were behind uh, the eight ball, and, and obviously that, that starts at the top, I mean, of who we have running things. Um, but also just as, a, as, as an American society, I think, you know, a lot of us were like, you know, you know. Oh, yeah, it's it's <clears throat> it's affecting China. It's affecting these other countries. But but you know, this is America. You know, this is different. We don't have we don't have problems like we we don't have those those type of problems. And people didn't understand like right. there. You know, there's <laughs> like borders are not. There's no border that can, that, that can stop this type of thing. And that we aren't immune right. from from the problems of of the world. Um, so it's a wake up call as far as that goes. I think also. Yeah. That's right. 
Hey, let's, let's take a quick break. Uh, and, um, you know, we come back and finish up. I, I'm, I'm intrigued by uh, uh, the brain thing. I think my big thing takeaway is I was just thinking, thank God for the NFL. So let, let's, take a, let's yes. take a break and uh, come back. As usual, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible has over 180,000 book titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of the Bill Roden on Sports podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you an opportunity to check out their service. We highly recommend that you check out the classic $40 Million Slaves, The Rise, Fall, and Redemption of the Black Athlete by the one and only William C. Roden, an absolute must-read. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on sports. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on sports for your free audiobook. Hey, everybody, we are, we're back. Aaron, did you, Kelly, did you get your thoughts together? I got my thoughts together. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, in some ways, I've been slightly grateful in a weird, like, not, of course, that people are dying and that we're sick and we can't go to bars and go out anymore, but I met, you know. Thanks for that. <laughs> right. But it has, it has really, um, you know, it slowed things down. Like, I don't know about you all, but I just, you get so busy and it's just, it just doesn't stop. It's like, it's like one thing, it's like, okay, NFL's over, now NBA, and then the next thing, and it's just, it's just, a, you know, the hamster wheel, and like, this has been, you kind of, you really have to, you know, you're still working and doing important things, but it's not the same speed. And I am a little, I'm grateful for that. And it's, I feel like I've actually had a little more time to spend with, you know, I'm Skyping with my family more, um, trying to, hit, you know, hanging out with a boyfriend more. So that's good. It's like, I think, and I, you know, I think it kind of like helps you reset on like, what are you doing right now and, and who you're spending time with. Yeah, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. Yeah, that's true. It's very true. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm just curious. You know, I, I don't know um, how you guys felt. You know, we've been watching this between the the uh, the Democratic presidential race, which was like just nonstop, uh, and then the coronavirus. Um, you know, and just for a minute, I mean, I was just thinking about our news cycle, too. Uh, we talked to our students about this, about... And I know, Aaron, you probably talked to your students about how, what, three weeks ago, the biggest thing happened was, was first David Stern died, which was pretty big. Then the tragedy with Kobe Bryant, and it was just kind of unbelievable. And it's almost as if, not that we've forgotten Kobe, but it's like, it's like that's been buried beneath, the, this, I mean, almost not thinking about it, <laughs> you know. One thing right. after the other, almost to your point, Aaron, like, when do you get a break? So when this thing happened with the trade in the NFL, I was almost Jesus. Thank God. I never thought I'd say that about the NFL. I said, God, thank God, <laughs> you know, for like, uh-huh. you know, the NFL and the trades and, you know, we could talk about Tom Brady. I, I'm just, how, how stunned were you guys, um, were, you know, by Brady leaving uh, uh, New England, uh, Cam Newton essentially, being replaced. Isn't that funny? Get rid of a brother. Oh, well, we bring him, we bring another brother in, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but then, and then they got, then they got rid of a, another totally brother. Racist. 
<laughs> well, Car- well, you're talking about Carolina, right? So Carolina, let's, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess, you know, trying to trade Cam Newton. They made that public. Cam Newton, at first they tried to say it was mutual, and Cam, Cam Newton went on Instagram or Twitter, and, and he wrote in some weird, some weird, <laughs> some weird handwriting or something that uh, he's going to, um, you know, that it wasn't his his idea and that, you know, he wanted to right. stay with Carolina, but they made the decision. And then, like you said, they signed uh, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, you know, another quarterback. You know, he's, he's done a great job. Of, did a great job in New Orleans. Uh, so he definitely deserved a starting, a starting opportunity. Uh, but then Carolina did something very interesting to me and, and uh, you know, disturbing, I think, in the long run. And then they cut Eric Reed, uh, the safety. Yeah. Um, and it's so uh-huh. it's interesting to me how they did it because nobody, you know, even I think it was uh, Jeff Darlington who who reported it uh, from ESPN, and and uh, he said that that Carolina, as far as he knew, the whole time that they were very happy with him. Um, he was a good fit in the locker room. Um, he wasn't expected to be waived, and uh, you know it's almost like in the uh, you know in the mix in the midst of. Uh, coronavirus and all these other NFL news and trades, they kind of slid that, they kind of slipped that in there. Oh, we're, you know, by the way, we're going to waive Eric Reed, And, you know, it's almost like they, they're getting rid of, you know, Eric Reed was very outspoken, obviously, about the Kaepernick situation. Yeah. All all season long, he had something to say uh, pretty almost every week. Um, he was kind of keeping the issue out there. And for them, you know, they cut him kind of mm-hmm. quietly um, amidst all this other stuff going on. I'll be very interested to see if he if he does uh, get a shot with another team. You know, yeah, Jim, I'm so happy you mentioned that because this whole thing, man, with you know this owner, I kind of don't like. I, I, you know, I just continue to feel this whole authoritarian shift continue to go to the right, and right. the sense of these NFLs that we're gonna keep these Negroes, we're gonna roll this stuff back, right? You know. It, inside the arena and outside the arena. You know, you know what, what POTUS 45 has been saying since Huntsville, Alabama, that essentially telling his owners, can't y'all control these people? Right. You know, yeah. you got them yeah. dealing and all, can't y'all control them? So I sense this right. whole idea of these, these quote-unquote owners, Jerry Joe, getting control of the Negro problem. You, you know, I don't have the analytics. I just have the, the feeling mm-hmm. that this, all this mm-hmm. stuff, man, almost everything's happened mm-hmm. is about just controlling not just black folks, but black folks as a metaphor for controlling all this stuff that a certain group of people think have gotten out of hand. You know, the too much mixing, too much inter, inter, intermixing, too much, you know, sexual freedom, you know, the, you know, there's too much. We got to roll this stuff back, you know, to what O'Brien mm-hmm. apparently told, um, uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Right. He didn't like the fact that he had children by multiple women, you know, and didn't like that. And we want to get control of that. We want to, that's not, you know, we got to get back to these fundamentals. One man, one woman. Marriages between a man. I mean, just it just seems that this sense of, you know, uh, no art, cutting back the art, cutting back interaction, yeah. cutting back, you know, just mm-hmm. trying to mm-hmm trying to get control of this stuff that certain people think has gotten out of hand. We need authority. We need, you know, I don't know what y'all think about that. <laughs> well, you know, I think there's a couple of things at play here. I mean, that being one of them, I think in the case of the Panthers, um, 
you know, I was surprised that, I mean, really, in Cam's case, I mean, look, I do I think that Cam Newton should have been given a shot to still be there? Absolutely, because he's still the face of the franchise. And he, you know, uh, really got them to their best years in recent years. But, um, but I think that this has been in motion for a while. Um, yeah. And it seems like every, everyone except Cam kind of knew this was going to happen. Now, of course, a couple of what you just said, now you're bringing a new coach. So a new coach naturally wants to put his imprint on things right away. Mm. So I think, you know, like even, even Greg Olson, you know, who was a great tight end, you know, yeah. when he, 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 he replied to Cam's tweet like, yeah, man, I, I know what you're talking about. They did the same thing to me. Yeah, so, right. You know, so long, you know, thank you for your service and see you later. But, but I think, uh, so I think you've got a couple of things at play here, but it's interesting in the case of Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins, because, because that means that the owner of the Texans is signing off on what you just mentioned, because now let's face it, you got one of the top five players in the league. You got the Panthers, you mean? Yeah, and DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, Hopkins, Hopkins, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, arguably the best receiver in the league, without question, in the top two or three. Right. No question about that. And the guy has money in the bank in the playoffs. So you mean to tell me that? The owner's going to sign off on Bill O'Brien, not liking the fact that this guy, is, that he's hung up on how many kids he has. Are you right. kidding me? And, right. and what and and the need that what really illustrates that is that okay, it's one thing for you to trade this guy, but you don't get a number one pick for him. Are you what? right? You basically you basically that, get nothing in return, that, nothing that, comparable in return. Nothing, and then you've got a basically a, a second rate running back who is, you know, not young by running back years. So it just shows a real ineptitude. And, and I think, Bill, I think like you're saying, that they're going to hold the line at any cost, you know, right. just to prove this point. We don't, we don't care how, what it costs us. We're going to prove our point, damn it, you know. Right. So it, it, it just boggles the mind, man. It really does. Yeah, then, uh, yeah, um, you got uh, – Dak Prescott uh, in in Dallas, you know, I don't know. Uh, what do you think, Aaron? You got your finger on the pulse of societal changes. What, what do you think? I mean, do you think this is basically just, you know, I'm swinging too wide, or we should, you know, uh, or this is just more narrowly focused on. Uh, this is not about law and order. This is about, uh, you know, people making business decisions and. Uh, yeah. About people Dak's contract? Yeah, well, on, on, on all this stuff. Dak's contract, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, everybody on lockdown. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I guess we'll start with Dak. I mean, from what I understand, he's, you know, I, I, it sounds like there are quarterbacks who may take a cut, um, or like less pay so that they can bring in other people, and there are those who don't. And I think Dak is, it looks like he's not one of those people. Um now, I think there's also a conversation about whether he's worth all the money he's asking for. But I guess I'm like, you know, if, if you're in the position, you might as well. All you can do is ask or, like, put it out there. Um, and if they, if they come back with a no, I guess you got to make a decision. But I hope he gets right. I hope he gets me. I'm like, go for it. Um, right. And mm-hmm. I also, I just like his name, Dakota. Really cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 
What's that? His, his middle name? That's his real name, Dakota. Dak is short for Dakota. Yeah. Oh, Dak for Dakota. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's why they're not paying. Little do we know. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. as far as Brady, I mean, I was in the camp. I really didn't think he was going to be Belichick. I really, they just seem like they're like you know bread and butter. They just seem like they're going to be together no matter what. And but I'm actually, but I'm also very excited for him. Um, and I hope he gets a ring. I hope he can. You know, it seems like this is as much about. Uh, he's, he's not only wants to win a Super Bowl, he wants to prove he can win without Belichick. Well, if he, and I really hope he does. If he wins a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay, he is the GOAT, no question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, yeah, I'd have to give him that outright. If he can do that. <laughs> I, I'm doubtful. Right. I'm doubtful, but, you know, uh, as, or as Charles Barkley used to say, well, I may be wrong, but I doubt it. <laughs> They're like, what if, with the post the question, what if um, Antonio Brown went to Tampa Bay? What if, what if uh, Brady's they, asking for him? They don't need him. They don't. They, the, Tampa Bay has some of the two of the best wide no. receivers in the no. game already. So he, so yeah, he's gonna have yeah. weapons. You know, I mean, even if he just yeah. gets to the Super yeah. Bowl, I give him, I give him goat the goat because I've been, I've been one of those people who fights that off about him being the goat um, because of the system he was in. Because he had Belichick, right? I think you could have put a few right. great quarterbacks in there and gotten the same Jamal, results. I don't know about that, my brother. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, Bill. You're all you're all you're a big Brady guy. I, I know. The Super Bowl with Houston <laughs> when they were down twenty, what twenty seven, twenty eight to three, right? And they came back. I said, like, "Shit, this guy is a bad guy." I, I seen. You. I don't care I you. what you can put a whole bunch of people in that system, uh, and they would not do that. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Well, I think one thing's for sure. We won't. We probably won't see that again. Uh, like the same guy at that level with the same team and a coach at that level who had a system that they were. You know, you think about it. It's pretty remarkable because they, you know, they shifted their personnel. You know, like every you know three or four years, right? They had cycles of personnel coming around and they built it around Brady, and they kept it successful. And uh, I, and then of course I think the brilliance of, of um, Belichick, I think the guy has is a great evaluator of talent. Right. So he, he understood all of the, the roles that everybody could play and to maximize Brady's skills. But I don't I don't think we're ever going to see a structure like that again. I just don't think we're going to see it again. Let me ask you this: Who who yeah. what do you think who has the better record next year, Tampa Bay or New England? Oh, Tampa Bay. Really. I, I'll take Tampa Bay on that one. Okay. Well, what I would love to see, I would love to see Bill Belichick say, you know what? We're going to pick up Cam Newton. I would love that too. I <laughs> would know? like that. And we're going to go to the playoffs with Cam Newton. I would like that. That will show you. He might go to, he might go to Super Bowl. He might win a Super Bowl with Cam Newton. If Cam, you know? if Cam is even 80, Cam 85%, 80% Cam, he, he might go to the Super Bowl with Cam Newton. You know, because you figure who's more motivated than Cam Newton? Nobody, and we and we talked about this uh, recently. I don't know if it, I, th- I think it was off air, but but you know it was. We just finished the year of the black quarterback, and Cam Newton had yeah. nothing to do with that. Cam Newton, right. Cam Newton right. didn't barely play last year, and and it was the year of the black quarterback. So and he, and he was one of the trailblazers. So think about that. Yeah, mm, yeah. You you're right, and he you're right. He was a trailblazer. So 
I don't know if that's going to happen. I know that you hear different reports that say, oh, the Patriots will stay put. But if they check out Cam Newton and he's healthy, like you said, Jamal, 85 percent, and Belichick could take him, mm. how big of a thumb would that be <laughs> to like Brady and oh, that man? They're like 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 Fiorella uh, Laguardia, the mayor of New York back in the day. He said he was he was, uh, there was an election. He said. I said, what ticket are you going to run on? He said, I could run on a laundry ticket and be feedback. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I mean, right. right. I, I just want to say, is it wrong? Like, I, you know, I definitely want to see Cam thrive because he's so talented. Um, I guess I, you like everyone else, I, I worry about will he, you know, will he really recover from the injuries because that's important. I'm also really excited for Teddy. Like, he, he was, you know, the backup mm. quarterback, and now he's getting uh, like a time to shine. And of course, this means that Janice Winston is probably going to be a backup quarterback somewhere. But at least he's gotten a little bit of time. Hopefully, he'll get back up. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited for Teddy. Is that wrong? No, I'm I'm happy yeah, for Teddy yeah, also. No. Yeah, yeah, I am yeah. too. I am too, definitely. Yeah, I think him being in New Orleans was at, at the right time um, to get his you know get his confidence back up. And come and lead the team because what do you? He won five games for them, five straight games. Yep. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's absolutely perfect for him, man. And the timing is great. Yeah, and I like that uh, in, out in uh, Los Angeles. Looks like the Chargers are going to uh, turn it over to um, uh, Tyrod Taylor. Right. You know, they're going to say, "Hey, oh. we're going to see what you got." You know, everybody's all the speculation going as well. We got Tyrod Taylor. He's been a starter in this league. And he's the exact opposite. He's where the league is going. He's, you know, he can, he's a quarterback, but he, he, you know, he's mobile. He can run. And, right. you know, that's my only fear for Brady uh, in Tampa. Right. You know, everybody's talking about all this stuff about what he's done, but the whole league has changed now. And everybody knows his weakness. You know, they, they know. They know about Brady. Right. And he's part of the old yeah. guard. And you know, there's, I'm concerned about Rivers. I mean, uh, Rivers in Indianapolis. Oh, I mean, I'm, that, I'm definitely that concerned day about is that. Gone. Yeah, I'm definitely concerned about that. I mean, yeah. we saw we saw Rivers uh, last year. He wasn't he wasn't a great quarterback. Was he barely a good quarterback. And in fact, if you look at the numbers, they had um, uh, Brissett was as good or better um, than uh-huh. than um, Rivers was last year. So that's an interesting decision. Now going back to to San yeah. Diego. Uh, and Tyrod Taylor, I'm really rooting for Tyrod this year because Anthony Lynn, you know, making making a move to stick with with Tyrod Taylor is probably going to stay with Anthony Lynn forever. So this better work, okay? Yes, sir, um, yeah. It yeah. better work. But they right. gave they gave him the extension uh, after last year. He had a poor year last year, even though he had two good years um, before that. And you know, because probably partly because he's a, a black head coach, he was inst- he had one bad year and was instantly on those lists um, who's on the hot seat and who's not, and people expected him to be fired. Well, he survived that, gets the extension, and now he's going to go with Tyrod Taylor. So Tyrod better better produce, and I I think he can, but you know, it, this is a major decision. Yeah, 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 I agree with that. Yeah, hey, listen, guys, we wrap up. Um, uh, just go around one. Uh, start with you, Aaron. Just want to ask everybody this time next year, uh, what would you like? Where would you like to see us as a country in terms of sports? You know what we've learned. Um, what would you like to see, Aaron, uh, this time next year? Where would you like us to be? 
honestly, I would like to see us at a place where we could have the packed crowds again. Like, you know, I'm, I like online stuff, but it's just not the same. Um, and let's see. I have, I have the Warriors back up, uh, ready to fight. I think they, I have, yeah. I like that. Um, that's what I'd like to see this time next year. Mm-hmm. What, what about you, uh, uh, Jamal? Basically the same. I think um, I think we'll be at this time next year. Hopefully, uh, somewhat back to normal in terms of the crowds and, and being allowed to to socialize. Um, but I do think you know, as we said before, I, I do think that this experience will change us. Uh, we'll be a little more careful. Uh, we'll be able, you know, most of us probably be a little more conscious of uh, hygiene and um, being clean and staying away from uh, you know. You know, keeping some some remnant of social distance, like you know, there will be some leftover effect, you know, of that where we we are more conscious about it, and we are and we do take, um, you know, this type of you know disease control more seriously. What about you, Steve? Well, I along with uh, Jamal and Aaron, <clears throat> everything they said, uh, a few things. One. Um, I'd like to see us a more uh, united nation in terms of um, civil discourse. Uh, and I think that will start with a new president, whoever that is. A- Amen. I forgot about that. So, <laughs> new president, please. Uh, yeah, because we've lost our moral compass, I think, under Trump, and uh, we need to get that back. Um, and, and along the same line, I think Trump's counterpart, I would love to see him gone too, but I don't think, think that will happen. And I'm speaking James Dolan. I would mm. love to see a new owner of the New York Knicks, though I think the chance of that happening <laughs> very little. Very slim. But I'll keep the, I'll, I'll keep that wish out there, um, so that New York can begin to you know to rally around his team again, um, and uh, perhaps uh, Spike May can get back into the garden with a little more dignity. Right, right. Spike. Yeah, for Spike, man. Like you said, the what do you call the ten million dollar, uh, ten million dollar, uh, what do you call um, mascot? <laughs> well, he got he got over this year. He he, don't, he didn't miss too many games. That's right. Yeah, right. Well, he, right. He was ahead of the curve. He, you know, <laughs> right. he, he said, "I'm leaving," and they shut it all down. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I I'd like to see. I would you see this time next year? I'd like us to be celebrating a new person in the White House. Right. And uh, putting all the uh, putting all these pit bulls back in their cages, all these racist pit bulls—they've right. been out, they've been kind of run, running the streets free for like four yeah. years. I like to capture them all and put them back in their cages, and they can take the swastikas right. and Confederate flags and Confederate ideas and kind of go back underground. You know, we've seen right. it, heard it, and would like just to have a, you know, for us to all, like you said, Aaron, to you know, really get into a deeper appreciation for each other, right? whatever that looks like. Right. Like we really do need each other. And just to keep evolving to a higher plane uh, as, as, a, as a nation. Right. You know, and also realize you know, like. our choices have consequences. Um, we, you know, we put this guy in office and, you know, I, you know, I, I blame him for, for, for no March Madness and no NBA basketball because, you know, if you know if if the previous administration were there or the previous department was left alone, maybe they find maybe in December we're doing this and and we're out of it by 
by April. You know what I'm saying? So we def- there's no question uh-huh. that we got uh-huh. we we jumped on this way too late and we're paying for it. Um, because we saw it coming and we didn't, we did nothing about it. We, we called, um, the president called it a hoax and, and 50% of the, you know, all his followers believed it and ran with that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. Absolutely. Well guys, listen, um, and, and my biggest hope or, or, or what I look forward to is of the year for now that we're all back on bros pod. Yes. Uh, continue to have great discussions, uh, everybody will be healthy, prosperous. Uh, you know, that's, uh, my biggest wish. So this guys, hey, this has been, you know, remarkable conversation, uh, remarkable times, uh, wishing everybody a lot of peace and happiness and great health uh, and, and, you know, get back to uh, going to the clubs, packed houses and all that. So um, till next week, everybody take care. God bless. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.